It's time again for Talking Trade, sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies. Welcome to Talking Trade. I'm Sandy Siegel, president of Any Day. And I'm Ken Waslick, Managing Director of Ian Waslick & Associates, an international business development company. Uh, we're so happy and pleasured that we have uh, Maureen Muldoon from uh, Trek Bicycle, a uh, very highly experienced and I know respected international trade expert here in the Wisconsin and worldly. Um, professionally, uh, Maureen was the Vice President of International Business De Development for Trek Bicycle, uh, based here in Waterloo, Wisconsin. And after 34 years with Trek, uh, she recently announced her graduation uh, to pursue other uh, outside interests and other interests. And I know you're still a avid cyclist and you're gonna be cycling uh, with those Trek bikes for many, many years to come and a world traveler. Um, so welcome to Talking Trade. Great, thank you very much, uh, Ken and Sandy. I appreciate the invitation to be here and uh, also the, the time that I've been able to spend in international trade in Wisconsin and um, you two being faces of that and appreciate the work that you've done for Wisconsin companies and international trade over the years. Well, thank you very much for that as well. Uh, over 34 years, you've seen a lot of changes, a lot of development, not just at Trek, but worldly and globally. Um, the last two years have been unique in many uh, aspects. The pandemic brought so many changes in our personal habits and our personal lives, whether it's our uh, recreational activities, how we keep fit, um, buying patterns, uh, I, a whole slew of changes here. So what did you see when you were at track? What did you see uh, the, those changes over the pandemic area years here? And um, not only here in the U.S., but globally, um, how did uh, Trek re respond to this? Yeah, I guess our, our experience was probably like a lot of other companies in Wisconsin on that March 12th, we're all sent home and wondering what comes next, right? Um, I think it was hard to understand what to expect. Uh, as a company, we, the exec team got together and, and created kind of our six-point plan on how we were going to address what was happening. Um, we were certainly hoping for the best, but planning for the worst um, as we were heading into our biggest season, our, our biggest markets are US, Canada and our European business. So you can imagine the Northern hemisphere market kicking off in, in April. If you miss that season, it's really hard to make that up. So we were going into a, a time of a lot of uncertainty. So we buckled down and created a plan around what if scenarios. And it's, you know, Trek's, Trek's a data company. We've invested a lot in our IT structures over the years. So we've got a pretty robust systems. And we actually uh, own our own POS system that a lot of our customers um, are running on. So around the 12th of April or so, we started to see some interesting uh, things happening at retail. And we're like asking ourselves, what's going on here? And we started calling around and understanding that, hey, there's there, as with a lot of other businesses, behavior changes that were coming. Um, people, their kids were at home in school and they wanted to get bikes for their kids so they could do some things outside. People were buying bikes because they were doing staycations, et cetera. So uh, it ended up being that there was um, this sort of boom of sorts. Uh, we reacted quickly to that. Um, we increased our POs with our vendors. 
And a lot of those vendors were still dealing with customers wanting to cancel orders um, while we we're adding orders. And they even came back to us and said, what are you seeing? Are you sure what you're seeing here? Um, so that was the start of what we referred to as the bike boom. And, and just as we saw COVID uh, moving throughout the globe, it's almost if you took a look at the map, you could see it Asia, Europe, you know, into the United States and Latin America and over to other markets. Same thing happened with the bike boom. You could almost ask a question of a customer, like, where are you with lockdowns? Where are you with your COVID numbers? And you could pretty much predict when that bike boom was going to be hitting those markets. So in a lot of ways, one unprecedented times, but also probably the smallest the, the world's ever been with regard to, to our business. Um, and even in some cases, our customers were coming back to us and saying, we're not seeing what you're seeing. And we said, we know it's coming. Um, here are some safety nets, place orders. And if it doesn't happen in your market, we'll, we'll do something about that because the demand is out there. So it was really quite an interesting time, but at the same time, it was one of those where we felt this could be our best year, but we're not going to feel good about it. Yeah. So some of those trend, trends, uh, Maureen, uh, are they lasting or is it going to be pre-pandemic buying patterns or exercise or outside activities by your consumers? I think some of the trends that will continue is, is a lot of those people that bought bicycles in that period of time. Some of them are going to hang in garages. Some people will resell those bicycles because they want the cash back. But many of those people will continue to ride. And I know after being in the business for as long as I have, um, cycling's fun. So we hope that people will continue to do that. Um, the other thing that we saw, and in the area that I work with, is a lot of the emerging growth markets. And what we often see is recreational cycling, where Trek would come into play, um, follows uh, what I call market affluence. So as, as markets become more affluent, then they get into recreational cycling because cycling is what I rode when I was poor. So they've got to kind of follow this cycle. And right before this recreational cycling, it's fitness clubs. Mm. So during the pandemic, people were kicked out of fitness clubs. So they went into cycling. So the question will be, will they go back to the fitness clubs or not? Or will they continue to do their recreational cycling? So I think it's going to slow down. Um, as John Burke likes to say, trees don't grow to the sky. So um, things are going to settle in. They're starting to settle in now. But we, what we're saying is we're, we'll land the plane at a higher level than what we were pre-pandemic. Interesting. I know you, you talk about the bike boom and it, that got a lot of media attention because you know that was such a phenomenon and, and came in waves as, as you described. I remember at one point hearing that you, if you wanted a new bike, you had to wait as long as 18 months to two years, um, you know, to get new models of particular bikes you might be looking for. Um, where where are you today, uh, you know, in terms of the supply chain challenges? I, you know, I know from my perspective, supply chains are, again, leveling out, but not back to where they were and, you know, still some disruption and getting materials and so forth you know, where are you in waiting times and, and how long did that extreme delay in, in getting bikes to market last for you? Yeah, well, things are starting to normalize. Um, like we had some early indicators on the front side, we also had some early indicators on the, on the slowing of it. Um, so about, around about March, we started seeing some indications that, that things were starting to slow down as travel was opening up. 
Um, but during, during the pandemic, we went from probably around a 90 day lead time to almost within a month, 180 days and up to 400 days. And you gotta think about the complexity of a bicycle. There's so many different parts that go into a bike. If you're missing a disc brake, you can't build a bike. So in some cases, our vendors had a lot of, uh, a lot of product, a lot of inventory, raw material inventory, but they couldn't build a product because they were missing one item. So some of those things are starting to normalize a little bit. During the pandemic, we like to have our fill rates in that 90% range. And during the pandemic, we went to single digits when we had in, in large back orders. So that's now starting to normalize a little bit. We're kind of in the 60, 70% range right now, heavy on those kids and um, entry-level bicycles that were popular during the boom because we're getting products now that we ordered 400 days ago. Yeah. You know, so that's the complexity of what we're dealing with today. So it will impact how we're going to look at 2023 because we'll have to merge model years. We'll have to plan our, our rundown of inventory um, as we, we look to build up on the new products that are coming in. Um, but that's probably going to be um, the, the biggest focus in this new year is going to be managing that inventory and getting the balance right because high-end bikes are still in demand and we don't have good supply of, of those bicycles. So, um, and in general, like I said, those, those consumers that bought bicycles, some of those that will continue riding might want something nicer. So we anticipate that the future bikes will be higher end bikes and, and maybe even getting into the e-bike categories. Yeah, your story, Maureen, is uh, very typical of many consumer product manufacturers that are that I work with uh, is that it's all about inventory uh, balancing this year. Um, we overordered, we didn't know what to order, so we ordered more and now we have too much of something and not enough of others. And so, but this actually kind of goes into the next boom that I see is the e-bikes. Um, obviously, you know, uh, electric bikes are, many of my neighbors have just bought e-bikes. Um, I was in Switzerland over the summer. I don't think I saw a regular bike because everybody was riding an e-bike, bearing in mind that the terrain is a little difficult. <laughs> it's not Wisconsin, sure, it's Switzerland. Sure. But still, uh, I mean, I literally, I, I don't think I saw one regular pedal bike uh, the whole time I was there for two and a half weeks. So what, what's the trend for uh, e-bikes besides up? Yeah, well, definitely up. I think the future is really bright um, for e-bikes. So Europe is definitely the, the leader in that category. I think I heard recently that in Germany, that uh, e-bikes are now over 50% of the bicycles being sold. And I know that that, that number has been breached in, in the Netherlands as well. So they're definitely ahead of the curve. It's, it's starting to go in the United States um, and other markets as well. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is just getting consumers to understand what an e-bike is. And what it's all about, because it is a little bit, it's more expensive than regular bike, but I can tell you people that buy e-bikes ride more and it's that I love, I have an e-bike, I love it. And we always, we always say that there's a hundred percent chance that if somebody test rides an e-bike, they're coming back with a smile on their face because they're just, they're a lot of fun and it's an equalizer. So if you've got somebody, you know, that you want to ride it with that's faster e-bike, you know, can, can be that equalizer. It gets you to places you might not be able to go to because it's more challenging. Like you say, the terrain in Switzerland, 
you know, you get to go higher up in the mountains because you're on an e-bike. Right. So I, I see it, it will continue. Um, I think probably again, the emerging growth markets that, that we're working with now, um, the biggest um, issue there is going to be affordability sure. um, and, and infrastructure, right? right. But that, that is something that we did see though during the pandemic too is, is infrastructure. People were building a lot of, in a lot, of, a lot of these markets, these emerging growth markets, they, they saw what happened in Europe. They're seeing what's happening in the United States. And as they're building their infrastructure, they're building cycling paths into it. So I think it's just a matter of time, um, but it's a little bit slower to go in some of these uh, emerging markets. So, so sounds like another bike wave and, you know, with a, a slightly different twist, which I think we're already seeing. That's great insight. Well, I thank you for joining us on sort of this milestone um, at, you know, an amazing tribute to your career and, and some of the history of what you've seen, particularly in the last few years. I think, uh, you know, a lot of us have experienced uh, a lot. Um, you know, just in, in all the waves and ups and downs of, of the pandemic and so forth. So thank you for joining us, Maureen, and, and good luck um, on your next adventure, your next yeah, chapter. good luck. Thank you so much. Thanks again. Thank Thanks you. for joining us on another episode of Talking Trade. You've been listening to Talking Trade, sponsored by MMAC's World Trade Association and Michael Best Strategies. 